0: Welcome to the Nash Biz Podcast, a podcast specifically for business owners in Nashville, Tennessee. Whether you're seeking the best strategies for scaling your business, networking opportunities, or just plain old entertainment, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the show. What is up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am one of the hosts of the Nash Biz Podcast. Here with my business partner and co-host John Trusty, and today we have Trisha Benitez. Trisha has gone from homeless to living in a high-rise as a CEO of Sweet Tea Blankets. As a young child, she survived an inner-city orphanage in New Orleans, where she was truly punished in the most evil ways possible. She learned her skill there, and it is now her life's mission that no child should ever be cold. Again, Sweet Tea Blankets was launched during COVID, and she is a firm believer that some of the most amazing things are created in the most unlikely times. When one is warm, we are all warm. Trisha, how's it going?
1: Hey, uh, it's, I'm just super happy to be here. Like when people care about why people do things, it just that I think that helps a whole bunch of different people who would have never thought to have met to actually unify. So I really mm-hmm. I love what you guys are about. I love the way you already want to do this podcast. So I'm, I'm eager and excited.
0: Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And I, I think I can speak for trusty too. We're, we're happy to have you here and we're happy to hear your story. So the way we usually kick this off, let's say me and you were on an elevator or on floor mm-hmm. 12, we're going to floor one. How would you introduce yourself to me before we get to floor one?
1: Oh, well, first I would, I would ask you if you'd like a blanket <laughs> and then you'd probably laugh, be like, that's the most random thing. And then I would share kind of my my why behind it, which is i I picked this skill up in an orphanage because when they when we had winter, they would turn the heat off to punish us. That was literally the only equalizer that would stop us from fighting one of one another. Counselor came through, essentially taught us this skill, and then we ended up making, scarves and little booties and they were so ugly, but my God, I mean, we laughed and it was the only thing that brought a little bit of peace in that really awful, awful space. So my goal is that I created this company. So every single time, um, I am able to sponsor a kid in an orphanage or partner with a treatment center for mental health or drug abuse. That's exactly what we're going to do because I'm going to donate blankets as well as proceeds from profits.
0: I love it. No, and and it's such an interesting backstory because, you know, a lot of businesses are born just purely out of opportunity, but your business was born purely out of, hey, I've been through this. So I imagine that story when it comes to operating the business, it touches people more so, but but let's start from the beginning because I, I think this is something everybody, especially our audience, is gonna want to know because if you weren't truly punished the way that you were in your orphanage, sweet tea blankets might not exist today. Right. So I, I it's almost like that is that's the origin of sweet tea blankets, whether you know that's when the LLC was filed or not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when you're in the orphanage and you talk about, you know, all these bad things that happen to you, I truly believe that shapes who we are, the things that happen to us. So what are some of these things? I mean, you don't have to talk about the rough ones because I imagine a lot of it is sensitive, but what are some of these things that you believe have shaped you into the woman you are today?
1: Oh God, that's a loaded question. I mean, there's not one specific thing. I mean, for instance, I can, I can recall a day. So we would be indoors all day, not allowed to go outside. We had one hour outside and, Uh, Okay, imagining this as a child, they had a cement wall around us. And it was very much like being I mean, if you've ever been to jail or seen somebody in jail or know anything about it, uh, kind of similar, you know, kind of uncanny. And I remember we were playing kickball. And it was my turn to kick. And this other kid that was in there wanted to go. And she rips me by my hair like throws me to the ground and we start having just a full blown altercation and all of the adults around it and they would just sit there and laugh. Like they would not care. Um, the orphanage is no longer there. I've actually tried to see it because the biggest thing was that I said, you know, the first place I'm going to visit or the first donation I'm making is to this place because the immense amount of hell that took place in there from mm-hmm. kids getting raped by other kids. Um, I may get a little choked up because it, it still sucks. Like, it sucks. Um, <sighs> sorry.
0: No, that's it's okay. Fine. Take your time.
1: <sighs> what happened to kids, what happened kid to kid what happened from counselors to kids? It was just god awful, and it's like if you could ever imagine hell on earth, I I can only think that that's it because no child, you know, is born into this world out of like they desire to be here, right? They are created for a purpose, and right. none of none of us ever thought that we would be in that type of situation. I mean, my God, I definitely did not think I was going to be ripped from my dad, who was like, not an upstanding citizen at all. And overnight placed into this, this place where whatever they, whatever goes, goes, it's kind of one of those, you know, when stuff happens, you look the other way, you know? Um, And I just remember having this deep, innate feeling that this space that I'm currently in has nothing to do with me. I don't know where I got that from. I know that's totally weird. Probably that a 70 year old child could have that, but I thought about it and I was just like, the lifestyle my dad showed me. I, I was like, that this isn't this isn't where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I, I just want to. Every time I meet kids that are in a foster situation or in a home or in a in a different type of situation. Not all of it has ever been bad. Not every kid goes through something catastrophic. I'm not sitting here painting a picture that every child's home, every orphanage is bad. I'm not saying that at all. I, I am saying though, that those kids, even in a good situation, there's still emotional, um, handicap that, will instill upon that child. They're going to have moments of, I'm unwanted, I'm unlovable. What did I do that makes the people that I'm supposed to look up to for safety and protection want to give me up? Therefore, uh, someone asked me the other day, what has this done for you? (laughs) It's like, holy hell. I mean, it gave me a lot of like really disgusting coping mechanisms. You know, I was completely codependent for years. I had to get in therapy. I had to learn that I'm not the victim. I had to learn that what happened to me was not because of me. It was just because of where I was at. Um, and something I teach, I tell these kids when I speak with them is that, you know, you're in, I hate, I hate when people say your environment is, it, it shaped you. That is such bullshit. Like that's such bull. It really is because if that were the case, then if you work at a sales floor and the top sales rep is producing mega numbers, that's your environment. Why is everyone not doing it? Okay. My environment that I came from was, I mean, school of hard knocks. We all have our story, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that 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 has anything to do with me I'm no different than anyone else there's nothing about me that's super special um you know I'm just a human and yeah just like you said I love what you said earlier like yeah we we like have we have CEOs on here and it's like great you're that but when you strip that fancy title away where what do you have left you know exactly and kind of at the end of the day I want everybody to know that you, you 100% can do anything in this world that you're truly crazy enough to believe that you can do. And your environment has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what you're thinking. Because when you progress in life, when you level up, you're going to have people doubt you. You're, you will have family, friends um, make fun of your idea. I oh, mean, yeah. just totally... All all the, the crap that somebody can toss your way because they can and it's that's that's their insecurity, you know. So that's kind of kind of all of the nutshell, I guess, of kind of where I where I gathered all that stuff from.
0: Yeah.
1: Stemming from then to here.
0: Right. So how did you get from there to where you are here? There was obviously a lot of time between there, but <laughs> but how did you get How did you get from that, that place, that bad place to building yourself up, getting yourself up out of the bad environment or, or building yourself up in the bad environment so that you can progress forward and get out of it?
1: Well, the biggest, the biggest pivotal point in my life was when my sister fought like hell to get me out of there. And I mean, she fought like hell to get me out of there you know, and she did. And, and she did. And I, I don't think that I would probably be where I'm at today had she not gotten me out of it because I wasn't in there, I guess, long enough to be completely tainted (laughs) for a lack of better analogies. Um, But then just like two sisters, I was, I was, she entered me into third grade and God, this was, this so funny. I thought I was slick. I thought I was slick. Like I was terrible at math. Thought I was slick and could not do multiplication table tables to save my life. Just couldn't do it. But I was definitely going to turn my D into a B on my little. (laughs) And like I said, I thought I was slick. So I made it look like a B and then she, and she went with it to see if I would like, admit that I lied about it. And then I finally, I think, I think it came down to us crying and yelling and, you know, sisters, what are sisters going to do? You know? Um, Mm. (laughs) So she just, she just like couldn't believe that I was so ignorant as a kid to really think that I would get one over on her. And mind you, she, she has been a a badass court reporter for like a very long time. So she clearly, like, I wasn't pulling one over on this one, although I thought I would. Um, And I was, I held my feet to that fire and I was like, damn sure. going to get a B when I couldn't even do three times three. She was like, what's three times three? I was like, 12, like, okay, wrong. Not right. (laughs) So from there, um, my, my dad had, had told me or spoke a lot about my aunt and uncle, aunt and uncle, aunt and uncle. And all I know is they had horses and all I knew was I am a nutcase about a horse. Like I love them, love everything about them. So then I spent one summer there and I asked my sister, I was like, I, I would like to live here. And I was so scared to bring that up because by me saying, I don't want to live with you means I don't love you. And you know how all that, that, that mental, <laughs> emotional, psychological trick that plays in every kid's head. Right. Um, not every kid, I shouldn't say that, but kids who go through d- t- chat changes within the mm-hmm. family dynamic. Right. So I remember I just went out to my aunt and uncle's house and fell in, they had horses and fell in love and I just started riding. And that was, that was my escape between, riding. And then when I did get into high school, running, so track and horses, because I, like, I shouldn't say this to any future, anybody who's not a CEO or not a business owner or whatever. I hated school, hated it.
0: Most CEOs did. Most CEOs and executives (laughs) did very poorly in school.
1: Hi. Yeah, totally (laughs) did. Like I was a strong C student, very strong C. I couldn't take a test to save my life. Um, and that was the only reason I had an amazing track coach who believed in me and he, he retired before I could finish school. And I was just like, well, what the hell? Like you just, you left me now. Right. Of course, this is all coupling all of this stuff from adolescence. And then, uh, I get another coach, Pat Lambert, and he and I are actually still friends to this day. And he <laughs> he'll tell you, I was one of the most pain in the ass runners he had because I wanted to fight everything because if he told me I wasn't good enough, I lost my mind because I was going to prove to you that you now are ridiculous for having said that to me at, and, and I heard it. So I would just go bananas. <laughs> I mean, it was probably very unattractive, but hey, I was a great athlete you and you I loved it. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I ran, I I ran my heart out. Um, then lo and behold, uh, graduate high school and good old Katrina hits. (laughs) (laughs) So I had just had my sister and my brother-in-law literally help me get into a cute little two bedroom, uh, apartment in Metairie, precious little place. Like we read, it, uh, redid the whole thing. And Katrina had, of course, displaced the whole nine. Of course, Katrina is what taught me. I don't care about things. I have them. They're nice. I get it. Do I care about them? No. Right. <laughs> I mean, I care about the connection that people have with one another and our, our world is so freaking distorted right now. I mean, it is,
0: it's all, over it's the all place. about,
1: a, huh?
0: It's all over the place.
1: Really? I mean, it's all about a like and a share and a comment and you can't like sex isn't even sexy anymore. If you look at any social media, and it's just truly challenging. And I don't care about any of those things. My biggest thing is a genuine human connection. Mm-hmm. So the biggest push that I, I did with my blankets was I kept looking them up online and I was just going, these things are, this price is just silly. I've seen them for 1300 bucks for literally what I have on the floor behind me packaged up for a client, $1,300. I was like, that's nuts. That is just completely bananas. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go buy some stuff. (laughs) I'm going to go and see how this works out. I'm very good at my, with my hands. I always have been. And I made my first blanket. And I looked at it and I went, huh, I'll be, I'll be damned that that doesn't suck. So I said, here's the real test. We're going to, we're going to take a picture and we're going to post it. Right. Because when you post something, number one, it's real at that. It's really real then. Cause now it's like open for public scrutiny.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: And I was like, oh boy, oh boy, this is going to be bad. <laughs> and I was bracing for all the BS to come. but what I would have changed is my mindset because I would now have never had the negative mindset when posting because Mm -hmm. I thought people were going to make fun of it. You know, all the, all the digs, whatever. I did not anticipate what I did get, which was, I don't know. It was like over a hundred comments and I'm not that social media person. So that was a lot. (laughs) <laughs> and then i jokingly said i'm going to take an order oh boy let me just tell you for for you guys i'm sure you know this anybody else who's going to hear this i'm just going to tell you when you put something out there oh my god you better be prepared because oh yeah. when i said that literally within minutes oh my god i want one i want one how much what did it and i went oh so i and, literally ten
0: and you're creating all these yourself, right?
1: I do it all by my hands.
0: So what's interesting is um, how, how do you do that? How, how do you operate <laughs> by, I mean, from purely from a time management perspective, right? Like how long does it take you to actually create one of these blankets? I mean, that's important to know as well. But as volume comes in, how do you, do you give people a timeline? Like, hey, it'll be done in a few months or do you typically ship pretty quickly or do you do them beforehand? where you just use time to make them and then you, you know, how does that work?
1: Kind of all like D, all of the above. Um, Like I just taught myself a new pattern. I don't know what the heck it's really called. have no idea, but I did it last night and I I showed it to a girl this morning and I've heard people say it's one of the most beautiful patterns I've created. I was like, oh, well, great. Cause I was really on the struggle bus. It took me, a a long time to finish this one blanket, like a baby blanket. If it's no patterns, I can usually do a baby blanket in an hour. Um, A normal adult size blanket, which they're the shape of rectangles, because I mean, it's a throw blanket. They're not queen size, king size. They're, uh, like forty-four by sixty-four-ish inches, and they will stretch out a little bit because of the chenille material. They're super plush, super stretchy—not super stretchy, but they stretch out a little bit. So when you open it up originally, it will be bigger once it kind of relaxes. Um, and, and I'll make uh, whenever I have downtime. I literally, I'm, I'm a motivational podcast junkie. I listen to constant books. I can't read. If I read something, I'll never remember it. I can actually read, but I can't retain. So I listen. Like <laughs> Audible is great. Yeah. If Audible would have been around when I was in school, I think I would have been probably super dangerous. Um <laughs> just just all you kids coming up today, you're lucky. And take advantage of <laughs> they it. They are. They yeah. are. They are so blessed beyond means that I'm just like you blow my mind just how how crazy smart these kids are today. Um but yeah, so I'll I'll dive into a book listening to it. And I just I go for it. I just I zone in, I put my blinders on, I don't answer my phone, I'm not gonna return a text. And <laughs> I mean the only time I do is if I know it's if it's somebody from like a like a recovery center or something like that, then I go, this is actually a little bit more pressing. Yeah. Um, but I'll typically tell people that when you place an order just like you would on Amazon right? Your, your order needs to be paid in full before I even address it. That's just kind of, I would think common sense. Um, so basically I had one of my clients right when I started, there was one color that I got in and then it was extremely challenging to get it back in. And this, uh, this client, she ordered two, only two blankets. Like that's not a lot at the same time though. The patience that my clients have shown me and the love and the, and the just forgivingness of sometimes I do not, I, I can't get a product in as soon as we would all like. Mm-hmm. And my clients have been the most wonderful, like my God, wonderful humans on the planet because they actually, they're very human. I, and I'll reach out. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's taking longer than I anticipated. And they are just, they don't mind. They go, oh, it's okay. We appreciate it. And it's just, I think podcasts like this, me doing more live posts, things like that are going to help them understand, like, it's not just a purchase of a blanket. Cause guess what? You could go anywhere and buy any blanket all day. You know, I'm like, like I said, I'm not that special. <laughs> I just, I, I love what I do. I love people. I, I want to love people back to life, especially the broken people. You know, I mean, I have no business. If you look at where I've come from, if you look at my education level, high school diploma, mm-hmm. I have no business running a company, <laughs> let alone living in a freaking high rise. Like, yeah. come on.
0: Well, I think too, like just like you said, people can you can buy blankets anywhere, right? You can go to Target, you can go to Walmart, you can go wherever, but I think people buy the story. People buy yeah. the story behind it. People buy handmade. I know people care about that a lot, right? It's not manufactured in, in some warehouse. It's it, this is handmade blanket, which means more, we know it takes time. So I think that's how people purchase. It, it it's not they're not purchasing a blanket, they're purchasing what the blanket means and where mm-hmm. it comes from. And I, and I think that sells. I, I know that sells. Uh, people buy off emotions, not off logic. So yeah. we know that your story is incredible to to where you came from, to where you're at today. And that's very important. I think people respect that. Yeah,
1: I, I appreciate I appreciate how you said that. And you're right. People people buy off of emo- emotion and they back it with logic. They're like, well, I love this. And then they figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. So that was that something else that when I did make that first blanket and I was like, oh, God, I'm going to get totally annihilated on social media. And that's fine. I've been through a hell of a lot worse than some public embarrassment. Like, come on. Right. But I said, you know, my blankets are going to be priced where people can afford them. They're not going to I'm not going to price gouge people. I'm not going to do any of that nonsense that it, it, there's no need for it. Um, and that, and that's the thing. Am I going to make crazy money? No, I don't care. I I literally don't care about the money aspect. I make enough to, to buy my material, which I'm grateful for. I live Mm. in a house full of yarn. It's kind of silly, but you know, I was, I went to, I partnered, um, earlier a couple months back and I'm going to do it again this December with TCBH, which is Tennessee children's Baptist home. And, This setup is absolutely beautiful. They have family houses on there. They have, you know, all of these kids are are in foster situations. You know, they're all living together. It's like eight eight to ten different houses with, I think, um, max of ten kids per house. I could be a little off with those numbers because it's not my project. But I fell in love with these people. And actually there was a girl there that had a very um, kind of just like wow story. And it's not about no one needs to compare anyone's trauma. We've all been through hell. It's not about whose is better or worse. Cause guess what? They all suck. Why are mm-hmm. we comparing that? It's all stuff that I we don't, I don't want another being to go through. Right. And this girl had overcome <laughs> so much. And I was, I, I was like, just so happens I have a blanket that I would, I had a very high, like emotion, emotional connection while I was making this blanket. And I said, this need, this blanket needs to go to this little girl. And she took it and she's now uh, graduated to their more adult program that they have out in Chattanooga. But I was just like, she, she looked at it. She goes, she just kept saying how nice it was. And I was like, honey, do, do you see yourself in the mirror? Like, you're a phenomenal, phenomenal young woman. Mm-hmm. You are going to do great things. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing you won't be able to achieve. And she said that that was one of the nicest. And I think, um, kind of in a, in a realm of like goodwill to, you know, department store. I think that's what she was referring to because she said, I'd never had something so nice. Right. And that's something that was hearing her say that was exactly what I wanted to drive home because these, because I felt when I was a child that I was not good enough, that I was the leftover kid, that I was the one that was the problem that they had to act, you know, extract from the situation because without the problem we can carry on. Um, but I wanted that right there to be portrayed, which is, you're not a knockoff. You don't need to get a hand-me-down. You don't need to have something from Goodwill. You can have something nice that you can afford
0: mm-hmm. that
1: can be donated because why not? And my only hope is that this young girl holds on to that blanket and on when life hands her another freaking good old curveball because it's gonna, you know. The cool thing about life is it always changes. You just have to be cool with that. And if you're cool with that, you're going to overcome a lot more, a lot faster. Is I just hope that that little thing of a blanket, like I said, it's a blanket, that it just gives her peace and remembers that somebody cared about her when she didn't care about her.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's powerful. And I think, like I said, it's a sentiment behind it. It's the meaning and you're right There's a lot of people in situations, bad situations. I mean, it's life. Everybody's in a bad situation at one point or another. But like you said, knowing somebody cares about you, it, you can't put a price tag on that. So I think it's very powerful. But Trisha, as we begin to close up here, your story is incredible. We know that Sweet Tea Blankets it is probably where it's at today because of the power behind that story. For other people out there, maybe there are people in bad situations currently that want to be a CEO one day or be an executive or be a business owner, right? That, that's a very big gap. So in 30 seconds or less, what is that quick piece of advice of saying, hey, you're in a bad situation. You want to be at a better level. Here's what I can give you in 30 seconds.
1: Here's exactly what I can give you is that only when you are truly sick and tired of being sick and freaking tired, Only then you're going to make the craziest decision of your life. And you're going to make the decision that you don't give a shit what it takes. You don't care if you have to live on the street again. You're not going to care what you have to do. You're going to do whatever it takes to push yourself to the next level because that's what it takes. Truly, that is what it takes. That means put the, like a racehorse, put the blinders on and you just go. And the, where I got that from, I left, I, I left my ex many, many years ago. I left that day, he put a gun to my head. And I said, you know what? In my head, I didn't verbally say but I was like, I'm leaving this house today, whether it's by my own free will or in a body bag. And either one of those ways are cool. I'm good with, like I made peace with it. It was very weird. And I left and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God oh my God, like I, I threw up, I, I was sick. I mean, it was just awful. Yeah. So I, to anybody who's in a bad situation, you don't have to have a gun put to your head. And I hope to God that doesn't happen. But only when you are sick and tired and fed up, only when you are, it's not gonna be for your husband, your wife, your kids. It's gonna be for you. Mm-hmm. Just like on the airplane, put your mask on first, then address other people. So yeah. right. when you're there, you will level up. Or not. It's up to you. It is totally up to you whether you want to stay in your situation or move the heck on.
0: Yep. Because the
1: only thing that's different is you are the only thing getting in your way.
0: No one exactly. else. No, get, get out of your own way. There's a, there's a lot of people that say get out of your own way. And I truly believe you, where you end up in the future is completely up to you. And I, I thoroughly believe that. And I think people out there who are in struggling situations have to understand yes, your environment, people are around you, whatever, but do what you can do to get out of this. I think, you know, this conversation was very powerful and I think there's going to be a lot of people who resonate with this. Maybe they haven't been in a foster home, but maybe they're going through something that they deem bad that they say, Hey, I can't get out of this. So I think it's going to be a very powerful episode. So thank you for sharing everything you did. Thank you for being as open as you were. If someone wants to reach out to you, you know, whether they're asking personal and professional advice, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Then call me directly on my cell phone. I've had uh, that number has been the same, um, since for a long time, oh, almost 15 years. So it's not going to change. I still have people who reach out to me that are seeking treatment for drug and alcohol and mental health help. And I have no problem whatsoever helping somebody navigate through that.
0: Love so it.
1: my, num- my number, I don't know. Am I allowed to say it on here? Or is that yeah, okay? go ahead. Go ahead. Up
0: to you
1: Yeah. Go 504-444-1204.
0: Yep, and we'll <laughs> uh, say it again so people who missed it can know it again.
1: Area code 504-444-1204. <laughs> and yes, that's a lot of fours. Yeah, that's a lot I of fours. know. <laughs>
0: that's a good e- number to have, e- though. Easy to remember. I agree. So, Trisha, thank you for coming on the show. We mm-hmm. definitely appreciate it, and we wish you all the best.
1: Uh, thanks, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it, too, and I'm looking forward to seeing this.
0: Yep. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nash Biz Podcast. We post new episodes every single week, and we'd greatly appreciate if you would subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.